Hi, this is Ross Ateffi, and today I'm going to be talking about your transition from residency and how this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I actually think it's quite possibly the greatest and most in fact, impactful financial opportunity you will have in your lifetime, uh, as it really sets the tone for the rest of your life. And the reason I say it's such a great opportunity is that you know, you're used to relatively low expenses, and yet your income is going to be increasing dramatically. So this is really a phenomenal opportunity to make significant progress towards your most important goals and your long-term future in a relatively short period of time. It's also gonna set the tone for the rest of your life. So, you know, it's really easy at this point when you transi transition from residency and your income increases to uh, simultaneously increase your lifestyle. And the thing about that is it's really easy to increase your lifestyle. It's much, much, much more difficult to go backwards in lifestyle, you know, to reduce the lifestyle. And so what I'd say is first be really careful about adding what I call lifestyle or discretionary expenses. Um, so those would be things like buying an expensive car or going on expensive vacations, dining out more, things like that. Uh, it's really easy to be seduced by those things now that you have higher income, but having patience will pay huge dividends down the road. You know, one of the things I, I talk about is that spending is all relative. And, um, you know, we, we all get quickly and easily sort of addicted or used to a new lifestyle. And, uh, you know, I speak with people all the time who say that they don't really have an extravagant lifestyle or spend very much but then they're spending 25,000 on a vacation. Uh, and so for those people who are used to that type of lifestyle, for having to reduce their expenses back down to you know, where you're at at this point would be extremely difficult. Um, but you, you know, you're used to where your current lifestyle is. And so it's really easy or relatively easy to maintain something similar to that and not kind of jump up uh, immediately to um, you know, spending at a higher rate. So the idea here is to grow into your new income over time. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't reward yourself for all your hard work uh, to get to this point. I know it's been a long road, but the point is don't go overboard. So maybe it's limited to one thing, like maybe you buy a nice car or maybe it's you go on a nice vacation, but maybe not, not everything at once, right? Uh, and instead of spending more, what I would suggest is really focusing on saving more and paying down debt. The power of compound interest is on your side with this. And the longer you can uh, you know, say, focus on saving and investing, the greater the benefits are gonna be down the road in your, in your future. So I'm gonna kind of give you an example here of Dr. Spend versus Dr. Frugal, just to share with you the impact that uh, a couple minor changes in spending habits can make over the course of a 10-year period. So Dr. Frugal is the first one here. Um, Dr. Frugal is coming out of residency. He's gonna be earning $200,000 per year going forward. He has $300,000 of student loan debt. And basically Dr. Frugal decides that he's going to um, you know, max out his 401k savings at 18,000. He's gonna you know, end up paying taxes of about 25% on that income. And so 
you know, after that, he has a subtotal of $137,000 left, which he can use for whatever he wants. So Dr. Frugal decides that he's going to put 30000 of that 137 towards his debt. He's going to save and invest 27000 And then he's only going to spend 80000 now again, that's eighty thousand after taxes, so it's not a you know it's it's certainly not uh, a, a small amount, but that's that's where he's at. Now, Doctor Spend has the exact same scenario. He's going to be earning two hundred thousand per year. He has three hundred thousand of student loan debt. Um, he's going to be maxing out his four hundred one k at eighteen thousand, and then paying twenty five percent in taxes. So he's left with a subtotal of one hundred thirty seven thousand with which to use for whatever he wants. But Dr. Spend decides that he's only going to put 20,000 per year towards his debt. He's only going to save 5,000 per year and invest it. And then he's going to spend 112,000. So again, Dr. Frugal is spending 80,000. Dr. Spend is spending 112,000. Now, if we jump forward to 10 years from now, and we continue on that path. The way it breaks down is that Dr. Frugal ends up with total assets of 593,000 and total debt of 141,000. So he has a net worth of 451,000 at, at this point. You know, again, he started with a negative net worth of negative 300,000. Now he has a positive net worth of 451,000. Versus Dr. Spend, who again is just spending a little bit more, uh, let's say a little, you know, a little less than three thousand a month more than Dr. Frugal. Um, he is going to end up in ten years with total assets of three hundred and three thousand, total debt of two hundred and seventy-three thousand, uh, and so he just has a very small positive net worth here. Um, and so, you know, about um, a little less than 30,000 uh, of net worth, positive net worth. So again, Dr. Frugal is ending up with 451,000, Dr. Spend at 29,000. Now, looking at these two, I mean, again, you can, you can uh, take a look at Dr. Frugal and say, you know, yeah, he's spending a decent amount less, but he's still spending more than what, you know, likely what you're spending right now. He's spending 80,000 per year after taxes. Um, and so, you know, you can still increase your expenses a little bit, but put yourself on a, a really nice trajectory for the future. Uh, Dr. Spend, um, you know, he, he, he might be spending extra on vacations and dining out and, and nice cars. Um, but in 10 years, he's, you know, he hasn't made much progress on his net worth. He's, he's barely positive after 10 years versus Dr. Frugal has almost half a million dollars of positive net worth. So again, it's a big difference. And if you project that out to 20 years or 30 years, um, you know, the difference is astronomical there. Uh, so that's just an example of how, you know, being a little bit more frugal over time can really impact your financial future and your ability to achieve your other goals in life. You know, Dr. Frugal in that example has uh, a, a lot of money available and set aside for other things that he wants to do now, you know, whether that's to help his kids with college, whether that's to buy a nice home. Um, and, you know, he has these assets in place to be able to do that. 
Dr. Spend is going to have a pretty small amount that's going to be available for those purposes, and he's still going to, ha still going to have quite a bit of debt uh, to pay down after 10 years. So I do want to talk about one other thing here, uh, which is that sometimes when, when uh, we finish residency, uh, we assume that the best and only decision at this point now um, is to take all the extra money we're making and put all of it towards the debt that we have. And you'll notice that you know, in my example, I kind of you know, had a pretty close to 50-50 split between debt payments and then additional savings above and beyond retirement savings. And you know, whether that ratio is the same for you or not, it really depends on your goals and um, you know, your sort of, yeah, what, what you want to achieve in life. But what I would say is, you know, putting all your money towards your student debt is, is generally going to be a mistake. Um, and that's because, you know, sinking all that money into your debt, you're just not going to be able to build up any sort of liquidity. And liquidity, meaning uh, liquid cash that's available um, to be used or liquid investments that's available to be used, is really critical to achieving some of the other goals that you might have in mind, like maybe it's buying a house, maybe it's helping your kids with college, uh, could even be starting a business, you know, whatever, whatever that is. The other factor is that, you know, if you're saving and investing that money, you should be earning just as much or more on those investments than what your interest rate is on the debt. So, you know, having, having liquidity is a really important uh, aspect of financial planning. And I, I see sometimes physicians and surgeons and pharmacists are making the mistake of putting it all towards the debt, which can end up being detrimental to you down the road. You know, just make sure that you have a good plan in place um, for paying that debt down over time, but don't necessarily be so single-minded that you miss out or, you know, forget about some of the other things that you're looking to accomplish. Now, one thing, you know, last thing I would say is it's really important to have a cash flow system in place that helps bring awareness to your spending and uh, make sure you don't really overspend now that your income is higher. And we actually have an ebook that walks you through the process of creating a cash flow system that works really great for busy professionals like you. Uh, and that'll really be in line with your goals and priorities. So if you'd like to take a look at that, we're going to leave uh, the notes in the show notes for where to find that. And of course, we can walk you through that process as well. All right. Hope this is helpful and valuable. Please let us know if you have any questions and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.